Well, how about that? Yeah, just another drama-free decision day for a four-star prospect. And here I am getting spoiled now. One month, Parker, of drama-free decisions, and now I'm probably just going to expect moving forward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. David Stone, Williams Winery, Dominic McKinley, everyone else. The way the month of July has gone so far for OU, this is how it's going to go the rest of the way. I fooled myself into thinking it's going to be this easy for the rest of 2024. What a month it's been, though, man. This has been fantastic for OU football recruiting. Yeah, I, Again, man, you want to talk about expanding the geographical footprint. I don't know if Devon Mitchell really counts as a Cali Sooner because that's a, that's a transplant. That's a guy who's spent most of his life in the state of Alabama and has played the majority of his high school career in the state of Texas. But you get a true California kid in Eugene Brooks, a kid that was actually a teammate of Javante Barnes at Desert Pines High School in Las Vegas back in 2021, then obviously transferred to Sierra Canyon up in Chatsworth. And Mitchell and his father, Marco, were very instrumental in this yeah, process, which, which, which makes sense, right? If you think about the timeline and when this thing really began to swing in OU's favor, it was right about the time that Mitchell publicly committed to Oklahoma. And I, the Bill Bedenboe haters are suspiciously quiet today, Tyler. It's a big get. Big get. You, uh, you, if you're able to pair this with Grant Bricks uh, before the cycle is over, then it's going to turn out to be a solid offensive line class. I don't know if anyone's going to call it an elite offensive line class, but from what some thought it might be a month ago, yeah, it's going to be. It could end up being a lot better than what some people thought it was. Uh, maybe back in uh, mid late June. Big get. Literally six foot three, three hundred twenty five pounds. Eugene B.J. Brooks commits to Oklahoma over Texas, and that's a story in itself, right? That um, for the second time this month, you were in a heads-up battle with Texas, and you were able to win out on a player in the trenches against those guys. Like, look, we, we would celebrate it on the text line and on the show, even if it was a wide receiver, but you beat him out for a four-star defensive lineman and a four-star offensive lineman. Yeah, that makes you feel good here. You makes think you Bill Bedenbo showed B.J. Brooks that Clint Lamb tweet? I, I think he, I think he showed him that, and I think he showed him the uh, Goldilocks, Brick, and Hager uh, video from the 2018 Big 12 Championship game, where every single OU offensive lineman had their way with Brick and Hager on at least one play. I think those are probably the two things that swung the recruitment, if I had to guess. Now, that was, and I, I'm interested in how the text line feels about this. Does the text line uh, prefer the live decisions like we had with Taylor Tatum? Or do they like just the straight edit drop at the top of the hour? Call me selfish if you would like. I like the, hey, 11 a.m. is the announcement time. And if it's just a straight edit drop, Parker, we don't have to wait until 11.30 or 30 No minutes. joke, man. It's like, like right on time. Boom, here's the edit. He's committed to OU. Sheesh, we had to wait 20 minutes for Devon Mitchell, and then we had to wait over half an hour for Taylor Tatum. Yeah, I don't mind guys who go the low-maintenance route and just like, boom, here's an edit, I'm committed. Not, the, the live announcements are more exciting, but uh, just the, the, the edit drops right when they're supposed to drop is like, oh, okay, yeah, there it is. Thought that that was what's going to happen, and that's exactly what happened. The, li- the live edits have gotten a lot, a lot less exciting as of late, though, because everybody does all the hat fakes and the hat throws and... Unless you're doing something truly original or cool, 
it's always it's generally 80% of the time it's the exact same thing. I'd like to thank everybody that got me to this point. With that being said, for the next three to four, they always That's say the three, new to line, four years. three to four years. They the always new. say three to four years. Um, I'm gonna. T- I, 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 what's still big is I'm going to take my talents to like LeBron. Exactly. LeBron James said that over ten years ago, and that's still I'm going to take my talents to. But you're and right, then for they the next cycle through years. every hat on the table, and then finally yeah. throw on the one that. What Parker's saying: was, if you're not bringing a live animal to your uh, to your announcement, like we saw last year with a live gator, just drop the drop the edit. I want BJ Brooks whipping around the streets of Chatsworth in a freaking schooner. <laughs> if we're going <laughs> to yes. do this thing right, running red lights and everything. But like you see, it, it's so funny to me because everybody these days, is like for the next three to four years, and some of these kids are. Three star dudes who are very obviously going to need to redshirt and probably are going to take two to three years at the very least to even see the field at the collegiate level. And I'm like, sir, listen, man, there's no hope of you going to the NFL after three if years. If JT Daniels could do his decision over again, <laughs> it would be for the next seven to eight years, I will take my talents to USC, to Pitt, to Rice, to West Virginia. Like, if he could only see how many years he'd spend in college football and how many different schools that he would attend. Now, B.J. Brooks said this, uh, quote, there were a lot of reasons why I liked Oklahoma. The biggest was my relationship with the coaches. I really feel comfortable with Coach Bill Biedenboe and running backs coach DeMarco Murray. How about that? DeMarco even helps recruiting some uh, some, uh, offensive linemen as well. Vegas, baby. Yeah, you know what? That is a very – like, this staff has connections in the uh, Kansas City area. And we always spend time talking about how big the Kansas City area is for OU recruiting now and what it's going to be in the future. And we've talked about it before, and I think it's obvious, but DeMarco's connection, I mean, he's got to be the most high-profile player ever to come out of Bishop Gorman, right? And year in and year out, Bishop Gorman is arguably a top-10 high school football program. Um, that is, that's, a, that's a big deal, man. Like OU's always, in my opinion, going to have a shot at a, an elite Gorman kid because of who DeMarco Murray is. And they always have really good players out there. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, Jesse G says, the haters are running out of people to hate. That's right, Jesse. We're rolling. A momentum, let's go. Glenn from Nashville says, gentlemen, my patience with my fellow listeners is wearing thin today. You mentioned Bill Biedenboe haters. Are there really Bill Biedenboe haters, please? Uh, yes, Glenn from Nashville. There are Bill Biedenboe haters. Did we haters. have Biedenboe positivity hour at one point this I, year? <laughs> He gets Grant Bricks, man. We're going to have Bill Biedenboe Positivity Week. Four because, o- trust me, if there is a guy that could only take his talents to the University of Oklahoma for three years in this recruiting class, I don't think it's Taylor Tatum or Devon Mitchell or Zion Raggins or Zion Curran. I think it's Grant Bricks. 405, best part of the edit is the fact his throwing of the horns down just to rub it into Texas a little more. Boomer. Oh, did he? I didn't even notice that. He threw the horns down. Heads up. OU Texas battle. He yeah. still threw the horns down in the yeah, edit. He threw the horns down. How about that? Nice job, BJ Brooks. Creating fans already. Uh, Oklahoma Johnny, this is what I thought that we would get on that question. I don't give a crap if it's a top of the hour edit or a live 30 minute announcement with the circus surrounding it, as long as the end result is a commitment to Oklahoma. So just whatever they feel they need to do, I am good with. I'm with I'm with you, Johnny. It, it's a little little bit lower maintenance there it, when they just drop the edit, 
but the live announcement, even if it takes 30 minutes to get to, is uh, is pretty awesome. It creates the most excitement, that's for sure. Jim in Arlington says, do you think Mule Shoe regrets not taking DeMarco and Bill with him to L.A.? Well, he tried. He tried to take both. <laughs> he yeah. tried. Bill Biedenboe said, nope, I'm staying at my lake house in Grand Lake. I ain't going anywhere. And DeMarco was like, hell no. I think they could have moved Grand Lake to California and Bill Biedenboe still would have <laughs> stayed. Actually, I don't know. That, that would have been the... Uh, that would have been the best uh, recruiting pitch for Biedenboe if USC could have pulled that one off. However, they could not, and he's going to be here. Like, th- those two guys that we just mentioned, I, I-, I feel like – and things obviously change, man. I feel like Bill Biedenboe is going to be here for a long time. I mean, you just mentioned the quote that he had last year. Like, he-, he just wants to live – like, whenever he's done coaching, he just wants to live here. Like, he's on record of saying that. Yep. So I think Biedenboe is going to be here for a while. I feel the same about DeMarco, too, man. I think he'll have an opportunity at some point to be an OC or maybe even a head coach. But for right now, it feels like he's pretty good being a running backs coach at OU. UNLV head coach DeMarco Murray. Instant Gorman pipeline. Man, yeah. <laughs> that, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe, that's, uh, maybe that's the one. But, but right now, he seems pretty good with being a running back, running back, running back coach, if I could say it right. Maybe Barry Odom will just start uh, – Creating his own Gorman pipeline out there, start winning nine, ten games a year, huh? And you don't even have to worry about that. W- worry about that with DeMarco. You know, he's building a little pipeline to Oklahoma. Funny enough, they've got multiple commits from Michael Patterson McDonald. I think has UNLV <laughs> in the Final Four, which that's probably if it's going to be OU on July thirty first. But they're at least trying to recruit the state. Yeah, listener in the four hundred five asked, "Do you think you guys think that David Stone will commit soon after Michael Patterson McDonald?" I I don't know. I'd, I've given up trying to peg the David Stone timeline. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to act like I know. I'm not even going to put it zero percent that it happens on National Signing Day in de- in December, man. Like there, there really is no telling when that announcement was is going to drop. By the way, was wasn't there a new uh, right future cast? I can't believe remember if it was a future cast or a crystal ball. Wasn't there a new prediction for David Stone to Oklahoma over yes, the there weekend? Was. Yeah, which that's not. A, a, I think everyone feels OU leads right now. It's just when is the actual decision going to take place, which I think makes things maybe a little bit more maddening for some right now. Peyton on the text line says, Bill probably had to factor in how much it'll cost him to go through a can of chew every time he puts a dip in. would be way more expensive in Cali. Um, They probably have some rule against the use of chewing tobacco in California. Probably so, yes. Uh, Camo Sooner says DeMarco could hang out. With Lon Kruger out in Vegas if he ever ended up coaching out there. Yeah, Lon would be a pretty nice hookup if you're wanting to get into the golf course scene out there in Vegas. That's for sure. Um, Okay, Eugene B.J. Brooks commits to OU today over Texas. Six foot three, 325 pounds. You you mentioned the factor of Javante Barnes, uh, uh, Devon Mitchell, maybe a factor in here as well. But how did this really all come together, and what was the big moment of this recruitment that really swung things OU's way? Well, it was always, like, ever since the beginning of June, it was always going to be either OU or Texas. Those were the two official visits that he took. So this was a straight-up Red River battle, and it looked like Texas had the upper hand for a while there. I mean, there were a lot of predictions at one point in the process that favored Texas for B.J. Brooks. But OU started to chip away and chip away and chip away, and he said it. Oklahoma was recruiting him the hardest. He was on the phone with Bill Biedenboe every single day. And in the end, he felt the love at Oklahoma more so than he did at Texas. And having connections like Javante Barnes and 
DeMarco Murray, etc., I'm sure did not hurt. Yeah. Look, so when we get to National Signing Day, there are a lot of other players that we're probably going to be talking about more than Eugene Brooks. I I would guess in you know when this class is all said and done, Parker, Eugene Brooks is probably going to be ranked somewhere in the middle of this class. But it's an important get because after you know you got Isaiah Autry back in what April. Uh, we think they're going to get Josh Iasosa, in-state kid, in August. Now that you get Eugene Brooks, you kind of just can kind of put all of your focus on Grant Bricks and say, all right, uh, here we go. We get this guy. He'll be our highest-ranked offensive lineman in the class. And just like last year, it'll give us four O-linemen in this class. So this is a big get to get you to two offensive line commits. We think they'll have three in August at least. But then if you get Grant Bricks, then that kind of gets everything together for this offensive line class. And where there was panic recently, I think a lot of people are maybe calming down quite a bit on the offensive line class for 2024. So, But this, this was a big get in, in, in getting there, in, in calming some people down on O-line recruiting in 24. So nice get today. And you get Grant Bricks again, then I think um, everyone for the most part pretty happy. That would be, what, eight scholarship offensive lineman in the past two recruiting cycles now if you get Grant Bricks committed? Yeah, eight scholarship offensive linemen and, a, and great diversity amongst those eight in terms of guys that have frame and power, and Eugene Brooks certainly uh, falls into this category, a guy that's got a ton of size naturally and a ton of power. The footwork is what you need to develop more so than anything else with a guy like that, but I think Biedenboe has his share of those guys. He's also got his share of high-ceiling offensive tackles who are just athletic specimens and fast, twitchy, uh, move very well for being the size that they are. And with a guy like that, all you really need to do is pack on muscle and make sure that he maintains that twitchiness, that lateral quickness, especially in the feet, as you continue to pack muscle on him. So, Really well-rounded class in 2023 for Bill Biedenboe, and if they get what I expect him to get here in this 2024 class, it'll be much the same. Yeah. Uh, all right, a ton of text to get to on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. You guys are lighting it up already. Let's go. 405-651-3439. Mario Cristobal has a very interesting recruiting pitch right now at Miami, and we'll start to preview the party at the Palace coming up later on this week. All right here on The Ref. Keep it locked on the Homeless Sooner fans. You think Beaten Boss is listening to this today? All the California so. songs that you've I already played? I hope he's played? turning up. I hope he's turning up at the lake house. I, I hope, hope he, he's taking I, the boat out. I hope he's on the lake right now. I hope he's on the lake right now up there at Grand having a good time. wonder what kind of boats Beaten Boss has. I don't know. Text line, what do you think? Four imagine six five one thirty four thirty nine. Maybe he doesn't have a boat. Maybe he's a jet ski guy. Just imagine <laughs> yes, Beatenboe just please. whipping around on a jet ski. Well with the with the face, uh, his smile or lack <laughs> thereof and all the photos he takes. Like most people are smiling on jet skis. I wonder what Beatenboe, uh if, if he's smiling on him or not. Uh Ref Army, you're locked in today. Thank you for that. Via the free K R E F app, K R E F in the App Store. Mexico City is tuned in today, Lexington, Kentucky, Sioux City, Iowa, Albany, New York, Kings Mountain, North Carolina, Jupiter, Florida, Austin, Texas, and our small Oklahoma town of the day, Tecumseh, Oklahoma, which is basically just straight east of us. Yes, it is. 
been through Tecumseh many a time. Yeah. Uh, Rep Farm Relocator brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I know enough about Lionel Messi to where people normally just say Lionel Messi or Messi. I've never heard Mr. Messi before, but that is what Miami head coach Mario Cristobal said today at ACC Media Day. Uh, I guess this is uh, Mario Cristobal's recruiting pitch because Messi plays in Miami and he had the game-winning goal, I believe it was over the weekend. If Mr. Messi takes a chance to come to Miami to continue to grow his brand, why wouldn't any player in the country not come to Miami? I guess that's the uh, big pitch from the youth these days. I can give a lot of reasons why if I Mr. Messi, not use Miami. If Mr. Messi will do it, why won't you? Huh? Why won't you guys? Sure to end up in the top five class there for oh, uh, where to start for Miami. And, of course, they photoshopped uh, Messi in a Miami uh, jersey, (laughs) just in case you're wondering. Forgot that Miami is an Adidas school, by the way. Jersey swaps have gotten out of hand. Are they really an Adidas school? I I guess. I totally forgot they were an Adidas school. I think they should transition away from being an Adidas school. That gives off poor vibes. And Miami (laughs) is not poor. Is A&M still an Adidas school, or do they switch back to Nike? That's a great question. I think they're Adidas, too. Yeah. Jeez, Dang. come on. Nike or Jordan brand? All that Just, money and you can't afford Jordan? Yeah, come on. Let's go, Miami. Figure it out. Adidas school. No wonder you got to pitch Mr. Messi on your on the recruiting trail. Are there any New Balance schools out there? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, any Puma schools? Texas used to be Reebok. Yeah, and then I know. Mac, Mac Brown is the one that Reebok really got used changed. to be big, though. Yeah, but like Texas players were going to Mac and basically saying, "Hey, coach, like we got to get this. Can we like not change to Nike, please? Reebok, let's 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 maybe change Texas to a Nike school." So credit Mac for uh, for doing that. OU Architect says, "What about Krakow, Poland?" I didn't see that on the app map, OU Architect, but I uh, I appreciate that. Guy says, "Don't you have to be invited to Jordan?" Yes, you do. But Nike, I mean. You can, I mean, even Under Armour would be better than Adidas, right? At least Notre in my Dame mind is Under Armour. Wouldn't Auburn Under Armour, Tech Under Armour at one point? I don't know if those two schools are, but I'd take Under Armour over Adidas. That's for sure. Uh, okay, 918, what recruit is OU not leading on that we have the best chance to get? That's jamming from Tulsa. I, I mean, that's... They're leading on a lot right now, seemingly. Well, I mean, that's kind of... Not not necessarily an oxymoronic question, but one that's like you're really you're literally throwing darts, right? You're acknowledging, okay, oh, you doesn't lead for this guy, but there's a world in which they turn the tide down the. I guess if I had to pick one, maybe Devin Jordan, yeah, with him being an in-state guy, and he's taking that visit to Bama, and I know Bama is real like. If if Devin Jordan has the opportunity to commit to Bama, I'll bet you he ends up at Alabama. But Oklahoma, you know, being the in-state school, uh, having a ton of relationships that are very strongly established there, I think they're in good shape if Nick Saban decides that Bama doesn't want to move on Devin it's, Jordan. It's a good question. I, I um, You know, who are they not leading on that they could seemingly get by the time it's all said and done? 
How many players in this class has that happened with? Maybe OU hasn't led the entire time, and they really swayed that recruiting momentum. B.J. Brooks Brooks. won today, (laughs) right? Absolutely. Um, As I look down the list, Ivan Carrion, of course, was a Texas Tech commit at one point. I'm looking at someone like Jaden Jackson this month. Um, who would Xavier Robinson? Would you say him with the Notre Dame and Iowa State? Yeah, there was definitely a time that OU did not leave for Xavier Robinson. Shoot, James Nesta pull, put yeah. out a whole top eight that completely went by the wayside when he got the OU offer. So there's been at least five in this class already that you know someone else led, and you were able to flip that around. So it's absolutely, it's definitely possible here as we uh, maybe start to inch our way down the home stretch of this uh, 2024 recruiting class. I did uh, hear you say earlier, by the way, party at the Palace coming up later this week, uh, no Braden Platts, which um, that would lead me to believe that's a very promising sign for the University of Oregon, for the top 100 player at linebacker. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just I, You can't be too confident with the whole Braden Platt deal with the knowledge that he's not coming back to the party at the Palace because if he's going to revisit Oklahoma before a decision, it would have to happen for the Sooners' season opener. Because no visits are taking place in August with it being a dead period, and he commits commits on September 4th. So unless he comes back to Norman right before committing, he's not getting back to Norman before that decision's made. So who would be considered the headline visitor then this weekend? Because Braden Platt obviously would have been in that mix. Who is it now for the party at the Palace? Among uncommitted guys? Uh, Yeah, yeah, let's go uncommitted, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess Nwaneri really isn't technically a party at the Palace visitor. I'll say Bricks. Great Bricks. Grant Bricks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's a big recruiting weekend. It's not the biggest recruiting weekend of the year, but if all that happens is if you come out of this weekend, if you're not already the leader for Grant Bricks, I mean, if you just, like, solidify yourself or take the lead for Grant Bricks, I think that would be a uh, very, very successful weekend for the uh, party at the Palace. But, yeah, no Braden Platt this weekend, and – uh, they're still on track to host Northwestern quarterback commit uh, Brendan Zerberg over the weekend. So I guess that's something else that we'll watch out for, correct? Yeah, I would very much expect that Zerberg flips to Oklahoma, and it probably won't take too long to happen either because he's trying to have everything done by the beginning of his senior season, and he told me the other day it's pretty much – uh, down to OU and Northwestern. He's going to stick with Northwestern or he's going to flip to OU. And it, just judging by the the optics of those two respective situations, doesn't feel like he's going to be sticking at Northwestern. Uh, okay, we got some really good stuff on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's uh, Let's roll through a bunch of these. In your opinion, says K-A-N-B-A, what percentage of commitments actually end up signing? I mean, I don't have any reason to think uh, any of these commits right now are going to decommit and sign elsewhere. And I'm also going to factor this in, Parker. My expectations are pretty much in line with everyone else's. It's 10 wins or bust for me. And honestly, with what I think the schedule is going to be this year, I may be even trending towards 11 wins. I I think this team is at least going to win 10 games this year. I think they're going to be in the Big 12 championship game. They're not going to have a terrible year like last year. Right now, I would say 100% of the commits they have right now end up signing in this class. Because I I just don't have any reason. I I can't point at anyone and say, ooh, I could see this guy decommitting at some point. I think the uh, where you have an opportunity to witness that happen is if there's another school, another prestigious school that 
ends up making a fall offer to one of Oklahoma's wide receiver commits and saying, hey, you really want to go play somewhere where they're taking four other receivers in this class? Because of sheer numbers and the crowdedness of that room at Oklahoma right now, that's probably your most likely candidate in terms of a position group that could see a decommitment. But no, I can't point to any individual right now that's a member of Oklahoma's class and say, yeah, it just doesn't really yeah. feel like that one's going to stick. That's a good stick. point. Like if K.J. Daniels were to ever get the LSU offer, yeah. then that's one that you might look at um, to, to that point. Uh, okay, 918, I know it's early, but could we see an early commit to OU from Kiwan Jones' son? That is Caden Jones. Sure, you absolutely could. That's, I mean, he's a 2026 kid, so that's a long ways down the road. He's uh, going into his sophomore year. But, from, yeah, that's on the table. From the 918, Terry, uh, Terry Bussey vibes is OU way behind. I believe he ends up at Texas A&M. All the predictions point that way. I think he's – is he taking another A&M visit this weekend to the pool party? Yes, he is. Yeah. And if he'd been at the party at the Palace, and that was one thing we talked about throughout July – you know, don't get your hopes up on Bussy, but if he shows up at the party at the Palace, that's where things get interesting. But, no, he's going to be at A&M's pool party, and that's that. Tyler from Kellyville, percentage chance Grant Bricks commits to OU this weekend. Percentage chance he commits to OU this weekend? I would say rather small. And there's a variety of reasons why I believe that is the case. But percentage chance he commits to OU in the end? Again, I think... Those odds are greater than 50%. I, I perceive Oklahoma as the leader in that recruitment. Uh, from the 682 state of Texas, is there any hope with King Edwards since we made his top eight? Yeah, we laughed at that yesterday. King Joseph F. Edwards does have OU in the top eight, but that's that's not that's not going to be OU. He's not on the power line, folks. And if he's not on the power line, what you can safely conclude is OU don't care. 405, they list their name, Josh, JP405, what, maybe that's the Instagram handle and even the Twitter handle, at PlainsRomer405. Is Lebby slash OU considering Andy Bass at backup quarterback? That guy is definitely a Swiss Army knife. Well, and we talked about this, I believe, in the 12 o'clock hour with Andy Bass. He's so athletic that it almost feels like a waste of talent if you pigeonhole him into the quarterback position and just have him ride the bench behind Jackson Arnold and Michael Hawkins and Kevin Sperry for the sake of death. Because, look, I, I'm willing to call a spade a spade here. Right now, Andy Bass is not a Power 5 caliber quarterback. One thing he for darn sure is, is a Power 5 athlete. All of his Power 5 offers are as an athlete. Teams like Syracuse and Kansas and obviously OU as well see him as sort of a, like well, to use your metaphor, a Swiss Army knife, Josh. They see him as a running back, a slot receiver, somebody that they can bounce around and create mismatches with by virtue of his speed. So if you're going to put a guy like that at quarterback – you're almost sacrificing that athleticism that could be better utilized at another position where it's more effectively showcased. Carson from Edmond says, what is OU going to be ranked to start the year? And if so, what will they be ranked? I do think OU will be ranked to start the year. Um, I do feel like very slowly, okay? Very slowly some people are starting to say, well, maybe Oklahoma could be better in year two. Well, golly, you know, if they... If you really look at their schedule, it's very favorable. You know, the same things we've been saying for over six months now. A lot of people nationally are just starting to realize it. I think OU uh, will be ranked 17th to start the year. 
You taking the under or the uh, the over on that? I will take. Wait, does under mean they're higher ranked or lower? I don't know. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. Whatever you want, honestly. I believe they will be ranked lower than 17th. They'll be in the back end of the top 25. I kind of hope they're in the back end of the top 25. Just add add to um, add to all of the uh, the 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 motivation that you have this offseason already. 405-651-3439. Knipplemeyer Chevrolet text line. A lot of OU crouting to get to. We'll continue to preview the party at the Palace. And, yeah, if you didn't hear, OU got a four-star offensive lineman today. No big deal. B.J. Brooks out of the state of California. They get uh, Brooks over the University of Texas. More to come next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on The Ref, we are the homeless Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Uh, I love this text from the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. From the 308, your home state of Nebraska. Hey, just wanted to say I appreciate you all. I'm responsible for two parents facing hospice care, a busy family, and an on-call job. My life is stress-filled for the last year, but every day from 2 to 6, I can tune in and know I will laugh out loud a few times, smile a lot, and be able to think about topics that aren't quite so serious. Thanks for helping me on this journey. First off, thank you for saying that. Um, that seriously means a lot. Two, thank you for tuning in every single day. And three, um, thoughts and prayers go out to uh, to you and your family. But thank you for allowing us for even just a few hours a day to help uh, lighten the mood. That's, uh, that's what we're here for. Really, really appreciate that. I heard you say earlier, and I, I mean, it wasn't a huge shock. I wasn't like, whoa, because it's been OU and Kansas State. But you sounded pretty confident that OU's the leader for Michael Boganowski. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been that way. Kansas State has always been, well, I shouldn't say always because they offered before Oklahoma did. But for the last, I would say, four months, it's been Kansas State that's been trying to slow down the Oklahoma momentum and try and uh, jump, vault past Oklahoma in this race. It's always been the Sooners that have been the favorite for Boganowski and his family it's just the relationship with Kansas State linebackers coach Steve Stannard goes back so far, and we've talked about that. He recruited Boganowski's father to New Mexico State almost 30 years ago. So that is not a bond that's easily severed. And obviously, like, not to suggest that the end of the recruiting process means you're severing that bond entirely, but it's really tough to get on the phone with a guy like that and let him know, hey – Thanks for everything. Sure, but absolutely. I'm going to Oklahoma instead of to Kansas State. So I bring this up because I, I've seen it mentioned. I, I guess we didn't see it from BJ Brooks today, but I've seen it mentioned so many times this cycle with commits. How big of an edge does OU have just with the SEC draw over Kansas State in this recruitment for Michael Boganowski? Is that is that a big deal to him or I th- not so much? I, yeah, I mean it's a big, but I think the bigger deal is that. Oklahoma is the only school that from the get-go has recruited him as a safety. They've always said, we want you at safety, we want you at safety, we want you at safety. There have been other schools that have kind of said, eh, we want you at jackbacker, and eh, we want you to be a true linebacker eventually, and eh, we want you to play a little bit of both. But Oklahoma's game plan has always been the exact same, and uh, the Boganowskis like and respect the fact that Oklahoma's plans for their for Michael have never really changed. It's always been, you're going to come here, you're going to play safety. 
And they love Brandon Hall, too, which helps. Yeah. Oh, Big 12 Recruiter of the Year, Brandon Hall, huh? You, you mean that guy? We talking about the same guy? Big 12 Recruiter of the Year, Brandon Hall? I think we are. Uh, by the way, the text line wants OU to start as close to number 25 as possible. And if, they, okay. if, if they're not in the top 25 to start the year, according to the text line, that's just fine with them. Captain Willard says, I hope we're out of the top 25 like number 69. See, the whole country thinks y'all suck. More hate, please. Uh, 918 says 49 nothing is enough motivation. 539, OU not ranked to start the season. Perfect. True Sooner says 2000 OU started the season 20th, by the way. Well, I think um, a lot of y'all are going to get your wish. This team will not start in the top 10. I don't really, I don't, I would be uh, truly shocked if OU starts anywhere close to the top 10 to start the year. Yeah, that's, a, that's verging on hopium at that point. Yeah. And you know what? It, it, that's fine. It, it, really, it really doesn't matter. This team will have opportunities to climb in the rankings. They're, they're Oklahoma. It'll be fine. Uh, OU um, doing their due diligence in the special teams department when it comes to recruiting. How huh? about that? Liam Evans right up the street here in Moore, a PWO offer. And then Avery Ravitch from the, uh, the Northeast. Yeah, so Avery Ravitch is walking on. And Liam Evans is a PWO offer, just to be clear. But that's a guy that the Oklahoma staff uh, has been building a relationship with. And more more specifically, Jay Nunez has been building that relationship for a long, long time, upwards of a year at this point. It's funny, uh, Liam's dad and my dad are both pastors. And they go back a long way. They're buddies. So I've had some cool insight into the uh, Liam Evans recruitment. So was Bob Thune... Was he very critical? <laughs> can I tweet out guys who can recruit and put a photo There's of just Bob a picture Thune? of my dad? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh man! But no, like here, here's the deal though. That family, I mean, they're they're Sooner fans through and through. I mean, Liam is Sooner born, Sooner bred. He'd love to be a Sooner. Uh, the issue, obviously, is with a kid like that. You know, dad's a pastor. I believe he's one of five children, if I'm not mistaken. So. With a PWO offer, your school isn't paid for, and their thing with Liam is they they like his school to be paid for. So uh, we'll see if Oklahoma can make some concessions for Liam Evans in that department. But if it's if it's feasible financially for him to go to the University of Oklahoma, I'm inclined to believe that's what's going to happen. Uh, nationally, Georgia gets a five star backer, just what Georgia needed, right? Another five star linebacker, Justin Wilcox, out of Conroe, Texas, and. You know, I, I think when A&M left for the SEC, we saw the state of Texas open up maybe more than it ever has been. And maybe that just coincided with the times, you know. Maybe SEC schools were always going to start getting more and more into the state of Texas, regardless if A&M went into the conference or not. But, you know, schools like Georgia and Alabama or Florida, you know, Parker, maybe they're not getting six or seven players a year out of the state of Texas, but... You've been seeing the elite of the elite in the SEC getting maybe one or two players in the state of Texas, and they may be top ten players in the state. So that's a big-time get by Georgia out of Conroe, Texas. Yeah, the state of Texas in general is opening up more and more to some of the elite programs in college football. And, you know, we we talked about that yesterday with Ohio State coming to get Peyton Pierce and uh, Oregon making a play into Texas. I mean, they had Kelvin Banks committed for quite a while. See how that turned out in the end when Mario Cristobal left. But uh, Notre Dame's maintained a strong presence there. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, a program like 
Alabama or Georgia, they can always show up and make some noise for uh, a top flight player that's eager to compete for championships. But yeah, no, it used to, it, it's still kind of the case that the four main players in the state of Texas are OU, UT, Texas A&M and yep. LSU, but it's not necessarily as one-sided in that regard as it once was. Yep, ex- exactly. And o- I think OU and Texas both needed that uh, SEC pitch uh, when it comes to recruiting. I mean, both teams were recruiting just fine, but we're seeing in this cycle how much it's uh, how much it's really helped OU. By the way, nine current or future SEC teams in the top twenty, according to Twenty Four Seven Sports: Georgia at one, Florida at three, Bama at five, Tennessee at ten. A&M at 11, LSU at 13, OU at 15, Arkansas at 18, and Texas at 20. Nine of the top 20, and I bet there's even more SEC teams in the uh, top 20 by the time signing day is all said and done. And that's not going to change anytime soon either. Wait, you mean to tell me Texas is looking up at Oklahoma in the recruiting rankings? Yes, they are, and um, USC is as well. I read an interesting article on on that in The Athletic. There was a mailbag question. Hey, what's the deal? I thought, uh... Lincoln was going to go out there and tear it up in recruiting out there at Southern California. He's looking up to OU for the second consecutive year. And, uh, yeah, Ari Wasserman finally had to be like, yeah, I wonder if this is going to kind of be a trend here moving forward. This is interesting. He is not recruiting at the level that I thought he was going to. I think that's a lot of people's thoughts. All right, uh, final segment of Locked In is coming up next. Will there be an Elite 2025 target coming to Norman this weekend? We'll let you know coming up next. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Eugene B.J. Brooks commits to OU today over Texas, six foot three, three hundred and twenty-five pounds. And you mentioned that a current OU commits and a current OU player on the roster both helped out with this one. Javante Barnes, Devon Mitchell, both a factor in this recruitment. I don't know if Barnes was a factor as much as Mitchell was, but I can say for certain that uh, Mitchell was. Mitchell and his dad, Marco, were both in Brooks's ear because, I mean, that's uh, the, those guys are really the only Cali Sooners in this class for Oklahoma. Mitchell, I mean, it is only a Cali Sooner in the loosest sense of the word, but uh, with him being out at Los Alamitos High School and uh, not being too far up the road from Chatsworth and Sierra Canyon, when Oklahoma and B.J. Brooks started to heat up and become a thing, then the Mitchells got involved, and it was about the time that Mitchell announced his commitment to Oklahoma a couple weeks back that things really began to swing in the Sooners' favor for B.J. Brooks. 5-8-0, will OU finish ahead of Texas this recruiting cycle? Survey says yes. Yeah, OU still got um, the best part of its class, or at least the majority of it, still out there. And Texas still has some nice uh, uh, potential pieces out there as well, but I just not not as much as there Oklahoma. is no David Stone and no Williams no. Nuaneri on the board still for Texas. Yeah, there's really not. Ron Alito says, does Peyton Bowen have a higher ceiling than Josh Proctor, uh, Josh Proctor and Dax Hill did yes. at safety? Yes. Dax Hill was a first rounder, right? Did he go to the Bengals in the first round, like in 2022 NFL draft? I think. I think he was a first rounder coming out of Michigan. I think you're right too. Yeah, it was back into the first round, but. Uh, yes, I believe Peyton Bowen has a higher ceiling than both of those guys. Now, whether or not he realizes that ceiling is a different conversation entirely, but Peyton Bowen is one of the absolute best natural football players in the entire country, even as a true freshman. Hard and, not to be excited about him after what we saw in the spring game. Mm-hmm. Just that, that's just that small glimpse. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, obviously for a true freshman, the biggest thing is being able to grasp the mental portion of playing your position. Peyton Moen's got a good head on his shoulders. It shouldn't take him nearly as long in that department as it would probably take some others, but he just understands, man. He's just got a sixth sense for what he needs to do, where he needs to be at that safety position. You see it on film. It's what made him such a standout at Denton Geyer and what promises to make him an immediate rotational cog for Oklahoma, even as a true freshman. I did see Fong talking about OU being in on an elite 2025 player, top 30 from the state of Texas. That individual going to be in town at the party at the Palace this weekend? I assume you're referring to Jonah Williams. I am. That's exactly who I am. He will be in town. Uh, Oklahoma was... Very early to the table on Jonah Williams. They were after him. They were. I, I want to say they were maybe his fourth offer. They offered him before a lot of the other schools jumped in on the kid from Galveston Ball. Could end up being the most fabled player from the halls of Galveston Ball since one Mike Evans. Oh, yeah, that uh, one worked out quite nice. Yeah, for Texas A&M, so... If you're Oklahoma right now, and it was funny, so we, Brandon Drum and I, we ran into Jonah Williams, this dude that was just lighting it up at the All-American camp in San Antonio shortly before the All-American Bowl down there in January, and he was wearing OU gloves. Didn't have a single offer to his name at that time, but obviously he caught everybody's eye that day, and getting the chance to catch up with him, it was pretty evident that that Oklahoma offer was one that... Uh, was on his bucket list. Now he's got a Texas offer, a Tennessee offer, an OU offer, an Ohio State offer, an LSU offer. He's already a five-star 24-7 composite in 2025. Um, I mean, way too early to say he's going to be a top five, top three player nationally, but he sure is training to be a top 20 player uh, coming up next year. That's for sure. Bob Stoops joins us next hour at 320. The Rush is coming up next.